Is it working or not? Hey everyone, welcome to My Life is a Joke. I'm Samantha, the OG host. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear from plenty of people, but I realized I didn't really do an episode with giving an example of My Life is a Joke story. And I do want to start bringing up real-life situations to help spread mental health awareness. But first, for the example of my life is a joke story. So like I said in previous podcasts, I don't literally mean it's a joke, like the depressing kind where people are like, no, it's not, don't think that way. I'm like... I just mean because how off and weird the day was. And yeah, it was a cluster. Dang it, I said I wasn't going to cuss. Alright, round two. So, here's an example of a story. So, I learned that eating dark chocolate before bed can help you find your iPhone. Now, let me elaborate. So, I had a sleep study because I was privileged with insomnia, so I never sleep. And my doctors wanted me to do sleep study to kind of see if I have sleep apnea or et cetera, et cetera. And first off, at the sleep study, it actually looks like a real bedroom. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, a sleep study room but there's like lounge chairs a tv a real bed and a real comforter i'm not gonna lie i really thought i was imagining like a hospital bed and a bunch of wires on me which yeah there was a bunch of wires on me like my legs chest a bunch on my head and i was eating dark chocolate almonds to help fall asleep and I slept there so and I wake up and I'm not kidding you there was chocolate everywhere in the bed like all in the sheets I must have been rolling in it because it was on my shirt like a huge amount so I don't know if I dumped it and then just like kept moving around my sleep regardless the medical staff that took the wires off me and stuff and (laughs) took the sheets you could tell they were kind of like what happened but you know they have to be non-judgmental so they kind of mask it off and so I left and this is like early in the morning like 5 a.m. when I leave and as, as soon as I get outside kid you not I realized I left my iPhone and so I'm like banging on the door it automatically locked as soon as I got out I kept ringing it no one was answering and come to find out later I guess it's because they don't get notified upstairs if someone's like ringing the door so but I'm still banging on it It's snowing in the 30s, 
and I'm just freezing my butt off in PJs with chocolate on my shirt, trying to get my phone. I eventually accepted the fact I wasn't getting my phone. So I went home and my friend Hillary stayed at my place that night because my dog is very particular and he has to have someone he knows well enough stay at the apartment so he's content. He's not satisfied by any means, but at least content. And kid you not, then what happens next? I come into my apartment and my friend who's amazing, she cleaned my place, but it smelled bad still. It smelled like a combination of a candle and just poop. And my friend was like, yeah, I cleaned everything. I was like, you did? Because I'm looking around like, why does it smell like someone just took a poop casually on the couch? Like, it smelled bad. And next thing you know, I'm walking around my Uggs and I step and almost slip. And I'm like, what the heck? I look down. Lotus took, I'm not even kidding, like an elephant like I've never seen him produce poop like that before and I guess it was because he didn't poop with me during the day I guess he wasn't comfortable with my friend that night but holy moly I was like this is atrocious and it's too early in the morning for this but obviously I cleaned it up changed because you know there was chocolate took a shower because there was like thick chunks of that clear stuff they have to put before they put the wires on so it stays but it took forever by the time I went to bed it was like 8 after 8 a.m and so when I woke up around 10 I was like okay the place is open I need to grab my iPhone so I go back the building's open I go back to the sleep study place and I walk in the office no one's at the front desk and I'm just kind of banging on the table like hello anyone here and I'm yelling I'm not even I started off quiet but I was too impatient so I started like yelling like is anyone here no one responded and so finally I was like you know what I'm going to go where my room was because I kind of didn't consider that people would be doing sleep studies during the day. I just was thinking it was a nighttime thing. So I walked in the room and I just see a human sit up fast and I screamed like high pitch, like it was bad. and. After that, I was like, I'm so sorry, and I shut the door, <laughs> and I'm just like, where are the staff? So I'm walking around, and I finally find an office with two staff, and I just like, did you guys really not hear me this entire time? And they were like, no, I was like, I've been yelling, and... I'm sorry, but one of your patient sleep study is probably messed up because 
I just scared the crap out of her and myself because I can't find my iPhone, but I know it's here because I vaguely hear it pinging and my watch is telling me it's here. I don't know where. And so I felt so bad the nurse had the patient move to another room. We look in there, we don't hear it, can't find it. So then she's like, he must have accidentally taken it with the sheets this morning when he was cleaning. So we went in, there were a crap ton of bags in there. And I was like, I'm screwed. My iPhone's gone. But then she was like, is there anything like particular that can help us like figure out where the sheets would be? And that's when a light bulb clicked and I was like, I have chocolate all over my sheets. And she looked at me very confused and I was like, yes, I fell asleep mid chocolate eating and destroyed the sheets. And so, as we're looking through, I'm, like, pinging my phone with my watch, and I just hear, I found the chocolate sheets! And there you go. I found my iPhone. And she looks at me, she's like, you are so lucky. And I'm just looking at her like, what? How? How is this lucky? I was stuck outside in the snow stepped in dog poop no one was at it was like what is the word I'm thinking of deserted in the front of your office I scared the crap out of someone's sleep study probably will have to redo it and the only reason we found my phone is because I was being a fatty eating chocolate before I fell asleep in mid-sleep, I guess. That's an example of my life is a joke story. Because what the heck? And the funny part is my friend was like, man, you had a really rough day. And I just responded, oh no, this happened before 11 a.m. Like, we didn't even get to the afternoon and all of this has already happened. But don't worry, I acted like it was the end of the day. I was like, you know what? I am going to spend the rest of the day regrouping because today has already been a hot mess. And so I took a nap and I just chilled that day and it was beautiful. So there you go. There's a story for you. And don't worry, I do have some I will share following but first I do actually want to talk about something that happened over the weekend that is a lot to process and it's serious it is for real and that's kind of how this podcast is yes I'll be goofing around that's why my podcast is called my life is a joke but also I want to spread mental health awareness and the best way to do that is to talk about things that can be going on to anyone at this second and just so you can get some insight and maybe you'll learn something or maybe 
you're just like, this girl is crazy, which you're accurate, but hopefully within the next few episodes, my goal is to kind of give you real life scenarios and then kind of follow up with some questions to think about. And then the next episode, I'll give you my input and I guess I'll actually read for one. So it's not just my thoughts. Granted, yes, I did some psych nursing for a year, but, and I do know that realm as a nurse and as a patient, definitely more of a patient. Um, but no, I just really think this needs to be heard. And I've tried to volunteer and lead groups. Like currently I'm in North Carolina and for many, many reasons, I do not like being here. So I was like, what better way to kind of start liking a place better than helping out the community? And so I offered my high school to lead groups for addiction, mental health, and kind of bringing awareness to depression, anxiety, etc. And the principal told me, he's like, no, we're good. We have a counselor. And I just responded, excuse you, Lotus. Excuse you. It's not all about you, Lotus. Baby Beast. I call, my dog's name Lotus, by the way. I call him Baby Beast. If I'm not paying attention to him, he's a drama queen. If I shut him out of the room, he breaks the door in. Literally, he's hit by a door before and like I guess loosen the door enough that it opened so it's either intermittently be interrupted by him that's honestly the only option he has really bad separation anxiety but getting back to what I was talking about when the principal said we have a counselor I was just like is it the same one that told me I was screwed when it came to getting into a college in high school. I really hope not because I don't think those are words of encouragement um, nor helps with mental health. And looking back, I even was thinking, I don't think mental health was brought up at all in high school, neither addiction And I feel like those are super important things to go over. So my goal is before I die, I want high schools to have to have a program where students do learn about these things. After that, once that's accomplished, I don't care. I can go after that. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so this podcast, like I said, will probably be different for different reasons each episode and yeah until I get a good rhythm it may be a little rocky at first so be patient with me and soon I will have my crap together now the irony of the life situation I'm about to tell you is I didn't want to talk about it at all yesterday I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I canceled my counseling appointment. I didn't 
zoom into my DDA meeting, which if you don't know what that is, that is dual diagnosis. It's both mental health and addiction. So people who suffer from addiction as well as maybe have a dash of depression or bipolar to the mix. It's a really great meeting. I highly recommend you find one. But the irony is I'm going from not speaking at all about it to, I guess, telling anyone who listens to this podcast about it. That's kind of how my brain works. It's really all or nothing, very black and white, which I guess there's pros, but there's definitely cons too. So let me tell you about this weekend. The weekend started off fine. I drove home to DC, was excited to see my friends. Then Saturday comes along and it was a lot for many, many reasons. So, which I know numerous people can relate, but I have a friend, which I'm not going to share names. I'm going to keep things confidential unless people with the funny stories tell me it's fine to say their names. But till then, yeah, I'm not bringing up names for numerous reasons because privacy it's really important and that's something you learn not only as a nurse but I mean as a patient I would hope my counselors aren't saying my name and broadcasting my life but I feel like this is a scenario everyone make it into at some point and I feel like it's really important to know what to do because even my friends were thankful I was back home because I knew how the system worked because of my previous jobs and I knew what needed to be done. But in turn, this made me realize how messed up the system is and it needs to evolve quick because I'm sorry, but you can't wait till someone is having a current crisis or is currently attempting to make it mandatory for them to get a psyche valve. So let's get more into this. On Saturday, my friend texted me because, so unfortunately I had to block my friend who's been having a hard time for the past at least seven months and he's just been sending over 150 messages within a night's sleep calling like 10 20 times is sending even more and more messages creating different groups texting things that are just a little bit bizarre as more to it just doesn't make sense and there was one point so throughout this you see him use three different phone numbers one of the phone numbers he went from 
texting in third person to texting back in first. And that's what he kept doing and pretty much snapping out all of his friends. And it's really been hard because we've been trying. We try to get his parents to help. But their motto was, if he doesn't bring it up, they're not doing anything. And we really didn't know what to do. Because we tried to talk to him, try to be like, we really want to help you. But rule 101, is that right? No, I don't think so. But, you know, one of the things you'll learn real quick is you can't force someone to get help no matter how much you don't want to see them suffer anymore. And so that's kind of the background. I kind of summarized months to a couple minutes. So there's, trust me, there's much more to that situation. But my friend showed us a text he sent and he technically did send it to me and my friend who called and two others. I felt terrible, but I did eventually need to block him because not only, it started affecting me mentally and it was triggering me and honestly reminding me of someone I did who was abusive. And I knew my friend was keeping him unblocked so yeah one of my friends texted me and sent me a screenshot and my friend who I've been talking about that's been really struggling said well as requested I'm going to kill myself which let me clarify now no one has requested that Most of his friends at this point had him blocked because of how bad things were getting. And we kept trying help, gave resources. I didn't know what else to do. So I was at the point I gave him like suicide crisis text number and phone number, which I will provide those resources. So as soon as he got that text, my friend called 911 and I was, so she was on one phone and I was on the other phone. So I guess she was talking to the cop on one phone, kind of double fisting phone calls and then talking to me on the other. And because I called a wellness check a few months ago when I was really concerned. So I was just talking about that. So of course the cops were going to his apartment and I told everyone since I lived five minutes away, I would just head over there. And to be honest, I thought this was gonna be like the wellness check when they go upstairs He manipulates and makes it seem like everything's fine when it's really not. And then the police go on their merry way. No, 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 no. That is not what happened at all. When I got there, I guess the cops already tried knocking on the door a few times and no one answered. So that alerted a lot of people. 
and the fact his phone was going straight to voicemail and he didn't post anything because he is on his phone religiously like sending messages day and night to us posting things about us day and night it was a continuum and we were concerned and plus there's an area where he tends to hang out on Sundays no one saw him there either so I was personally freaking out because I was physically there kind of going I I really am not trying to think the worst but it's kind of hard not to right now and eventually after getting a hold of his parents and other friends to kind of figure out what was going on and come to find out the mom said they pretty much had a fallout because I guess over the holidays he snapped at them and his brother and things escalated so at this point my friend has pushed every support system possible it's really hard to see because I wish I could do more I wish I could get him inspired to get help but you can't that's not how it works they need to have that desire because trust me we all have the desire to want to help him but he needs to either be receptive or get his own motivation. We can't, unfortunately, push that upon him. But come to find out after a couple hours of figuring out where the heck our friend would be, they finally, so this was strike one for me that I was pretty not happy with. A condominium where he lives at would not give the police a key to go into his apartment just to make sure nothing happened because at this point we've they knocked on it numerous times no one answered we can't find him anywhere that's when the cops are getting even more worried and the manager is saying no i even when the cops told me that like she was arguing with the police what i even was like you could literally have a corpse in that condo, but you're not going to give us a key. And if you hear me chuckle, side note, I'm not legit laughing. I laugh when I'm nervous. I laugh when something's funny, but they're different laughs. I kind of laugh when I'm like, are you kidding me kind of thing? So no. If you hear me nervously laugh, trust me, I I don't find it funny. It's just, I don't know how to respond to things. And sometimes I am very poorly, not the best whatsoever with how I respond to things. Like this. So after kind of the talking back and forth, back and forth, I as nicely as I could and as respectfully as I could inspired the manager to let them have the key to go 
to the apartment or condo, either or. So the police go up, they want me to stay downstairs, which understandable, and I'm just bawling my eyes out in the lobby, snot's coming out of my nose, I don't have a tissue, and I'm just like using my sleeve because I don't want to leave the lobby because I don't want the police come out, not see me there, but also I'm like, this is a mess. I don't see a bathroom in the lobby. And people are like, are going with their day back and forth. And I must have looked really rough because this group of people came up to me and was like, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I just slowly looked up and I was like, yeah, do you have tissues? Because this is a mess right here. And they gave me a whole thing of tissues. So yeah, I must have looked really rough. And I'm not going to lie, the cops were up there for a bit. So I didn't know what the heck was going on. Come to find out, the cops come back down. And what happened was they went upstairs and when they unlocked the door, there's apparently a third lock, like the chain, and he refused to unlock that. So he's just talking through a crack. And the police tell me, you can tell he's spiraling, but he's lucid and oriented. So pretty much they can't do anything, which... I even told them, I even said, no offense, but your system sucks, which they agreed, so at least they know, and it's not on them, they have protocol follow, but they even said, unfortunately, the only time we can and try to grab him is if he's actively trying to kill himself or if he's not oriented, delusional, having bizarre behavior. And that's when I responded, that's a little too late though. The point is we don't want the person to get to that. And so they want me to do an emergency custody. So one of my friends who's also friends with the one in kind of crisis right now came with me to the magistrate, which I didn't even know what that was. I'm glad my friend who went with me didn't either. Pretty much we have filed like an emergency custody. The person, of course, I got approved because I showed them one text, enough said, which that's how I worked with the police, but it is what it is. And she did tell me, she said, I want to be real though. So yes. This, I think the custody is only effective for eight hours. After that, no. If my friend opens the door, then yes, the police have the right to come in, grab him, and bring him to the hospital just to get evaluated by sight. But if he does not open that door, there's nothing they can do. Even though they technically have emergency custody there's nothing they can do which blows my mind I get it to a certain extent because 
you really shouldn't just be breaking the door in. I get that, but we could have just used the key again, you know, kind of peacefully barge in. I don't know, but this was literally the last thing that we could think of. Of course, he never answered, and but good news, he decided to turn his phone on and post on social media, so at least we know he's alive. Do you want to know what he said, though? Let's just take a moment. He said on Snapchat, I guess his story, which I'm not friends with him on, I don't really do social media. My friend sent me a screenshot of this. So he said, Samantha, friends with blank and blank, which by the way, the second name he said, I didn't even know who the person was. But awkward moment when we were in a big group text, like all of his friends trying to figure out what we can do someone put that in there just to be like well he's alive and I even responded I was like I don't even know who this person is and I guess that person was in the group message because he sent one of those emojis with like the flat face with like the eyes are like straight lines and the mouth is a straight line and I was just like awkward but anyways he said, Samantha, friends with blank and blank, always causing issues for other people and spreading lies like always before. Shake my head in caps. Y'all go too far with your behavior as a way to cope with your mental issues. May I remind you, this is the same individual who texted us in a group saying he was going to kill himself. This post is something I should take with a grain of salt because he has not been himself for months. He really needs help, but he doesn't want it. I can't force it. I have zero control at this point. And at this time, I've done everything I can think of. But Honestly, this still kind of bothered me. I think that's partially why I just didn't want to talk about everything yesterday. Now, unfortunately, we have to wait till he sends another text like that or isn't oriented anymore or pretty much when it's too late. That's the main issue. It is too late. And I think that's what's more frustrating. How the system is right now is not where it should be for mental health. Yes, mental health is being addressed way better than the past, but we have such a far way to go, including this system. I don't want to find... No one wants to find someone too late because... They have to be actively doing something bizarre for them to be like, okay, you need a psyche valve. Also, we did talk to DHS during this time. They pretty much help with 
any mental health crisis and they kind of help get the ball rolling with the emergency custody and everything. What I mean by we've done everything I think all of us could think to do, we don't, like, it's a waiting game, unfortunately. We'll be here when he's ready, but till then, we can't do anything. That honestly just stinks. There's no, there's really nothing else to say. It's just, you know, it makes me reflect on just how much or how much things need to improve and the systems need to become prophylactic, not, oh, let's play catch up and try to save this person when they're in a crisis. That is too late. Too late. I know that got real dark real quick, but I know I'm not the only one who has seen things like this or has been through a situation like this. When everything's out of your hands, no matter how much you try, and you have to rely on a system that isn't really working right now. And so that's honestly part of the reason I'm doing this podcast because this is real life. Things aren't always rainbows and unicorns and everything's sunshine and rainbows and da 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 and honestly I'm sorry sometimes people are just way too happy for me someone told me that's impossible but no maybe if you're diagnosed with depression maybe that's why I'm like no there is such thing as too happy some days And the funny part is, I'm usually an upbeat person, but yeah, I have my days, so does everyone. Things like this, I do want to talk about, just so people gain insight, know someone can relate to what they're currently going through, and maybe hopefully learn something from it, or all the above. Yeah, so, that being said... Honestly, all I can do is pray to my higher power. Don't worry, we're not going into that topic. But yeah, I learned praying actually does help, surprisingly. I used to think it was a joke and stupid, honestly, which I know some people be highly offended by that. But I wasn't raised going to church. I, this is how bad it was. I came home from school in like third grade and went to my mom and was like, who is this Jesus guy everyone's talking about? Yeah. Yeah, just let that one soak in for a moment. Like, I acted like people were gossiping about Jesus. Bless bless on bless with that one because that is bad and so I had to go to church myself I had to learn more about the concept and I'm thankful I did it is one of my healthy coping devices to conclude this podcast 
story I told you. I'm just curious if people know anything else that I'm missing that I could do to help this person. Also, for our coming up podcast, I do want you guys to think about what are characteristic words you think about with narcissism because oh don't worry that topic is going to come up so thank you guys for listening and thank you for being patient while I ramble until I kind of figure out how I want to do this but till then I'm going to conclude this podcast with how the weekend also went before this happened that sober people can have fun too. distress, no joke, or seriously thinking about hurting yourself or others, please text 741-741. If you don't like talking on the phone, I know texting is bigger these days, so please text 741-741. That is a suicide crisis line, and they are available 24-7. And you can message back and forth and they help de-escalate things or they will tell you you need to seek help ASAP. Also, the National Suicide Prevention Line is 800-273-8255. Again, it's 800-273-8255. For anyone who is in a domestic violence relationship and you do not feel safe or you need help, 
There's also a hotline text as well as phone number. The phone number is 800-799-7233. Again, it's 800-799-7233. And their text, like I said, 24-7, you text start to the number 8878. So text 8878 and type start and send it. And last but not least, for people who are in active addiction or need help seeking rehabs, treatments, you just are trying to get the ball rolling on gaining sobriety, there's also a hotline number for that, and it's confidential. One thing to know about with addiction, it's always confidential, and they're really good about keeping that private. The number is 800-662-4357. Again, it's 800-662-4357. If anyone has more resources they want to send me, please email my life is a joke f R, F as in Frank, R as in Rose, at gmail.com. Again, if you guys have more resources you want me to add, please message me and email me on my life is a joke, FR at gmail.com.